I'm uh, uh, Sally Shuttleworth. I'm um, professor in the English faculty here, um, but perhaps more pertinently for the conference, I'm the PI on an AHRC-funded project, Constructing Scientific Communities, Citizen Science in the 19th and 21st Centuries, which is something I think that Ada would very much have approved of, seeing as what we're hoping to do is to unveil the hidden history of all those who are working in science um, in the 19th century outside the professional domain. And also, um, currently, we're working with the wonderful online um, citizen science programme, Zooniverse, which is uh, extending science participation to over 1.3 million people at the moment. So a wonderful legacy, I think, of Ada. I'd now like to introduce our first speaker, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Bruton, who is researcher in history of science based at the History of Science Museum in Oxford. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. And um, thank you very much for the invitation to speak here today. And I'm really delighted to be part of this very exciting um, two-day event and uh, very much enjoyed the papers uh, this morning as well. So in this... <laughs> Um, paper. The recently published comic by Sidney Padua, who's in the audience around here somewhere, um, The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage, features a fictionalised version of the two historic characters, one based on contemporary material and is the latest popular cultural representation of Ada Lovelace as well as Charles Babbage. So to mark the 200th anniversary of Lovelace's birth today, um, I will review and explore academic and popular representations of Ada Lovelace and engage with controversy and debate about Lovelace's claims as the first computer programmer. Um, and just to note before I begin, I'm aware that she has three different titles throughout her lifetime, Ada Byron, the Lady King, the Countess of Lovelace, but I've chosen throughout her life to refer to her as the modern term um, Ada Lovelace, even when perhaps she's in fact Ada Byron, just to clarify that. So I'm going to begin with the writings on and about uh, Ada Lovelace during her lifetime as a sort of a, a baseline to understand the contemporary understandings of her work, including her working relationship with Babbage and her contribution to the translations and notes. Then I will move forward just over 100 years to the mid 20th century and locate her work within the early histories of computer programming and computer science and how it was viewed by pioneers, viewed and indeed used by pioneers in the field, um, who mapped sort of some of the work by Babbage and Lovelace in mathematics and calculation onto the early computer programming and systems that they were using. I will then move on to the 1970s through to the present day to show how academic interest um, and sort of ideas about Babbage, um, but more importantly Lovelace, um, developed uh, from the 1970s through to the present day, and to sort of discuss the debate about her contributions and you know whether we could consider her a computer programmer, a debugger, or maybe something completely different. I will then show how Lovelace became, uh, as a result of sort of academic and popular interest, became a figure in sort of um, popular culture more generally. Um, particularly in the steampunk genre, and I'm particularly interested in her role in the uh, Difference Engine novel, um, as well as Sidney Padua's work, and indeed others, and how she came, at least in popular culture, to be understood as a figurehead and a sort of role model and icon for women in STEM, um, and indeed women in the history of STEM, which is something I believe will be discussed in more detail later this afternoon. So in her lifetime, Ada Lovelace was probably 
best known for her parentage, in particular being the only legitimate child of Lord Byron, as much as for her intellectual activities and interest in mathematics and science. Uh, Lovelace only sort of knew her father uh, in the first month of her life. Um, as we heard earlier this morning, um, he separated from her mother um, a month after Lovelace was born um, and left England forever four months later, um, just around a year um, after um, they'd been married. And um, Lovelace had an early and natural interest in machines, in mathematics and science, as we've heard earlier this morning. And her somewhat distant but intellectual and educationally progressive mother encouraged her interests by arranging for her to receive a first class degree, sorry, first class education even, in science, mathematics and logic. Her mother also remained concerned about the influence of Byron's romantic nature and mental instability upon her daughter and believed her education might be one way to overcome this. However, in many ways, Lovelace embodied what might later come to be known as the two cultures of science and humanities. Um, and as we've heard earlier, this is sort of also a tension between her relationship with her mother and father. Um, with Lovelace describing her approach as poetical science and herself as an analyst and metaphysician. Uh, Babbage also acknowledged this dichotomy, describing her, her in 1843 as the enchantness of numbers, quoting, forget this world and all its troubles, and if possible, its multitudinous charlatans, everything in short but the enchantress of numbers. In her lifetime, the most substantial material relating to her contribution to Babbage's difference engine are her translations of and notes relating to Italian military engineer Menebrea's French language memoir, Sketch of the Analytical Engine, invented by Charles Babbage, deposited at the Bibliothèque Universale de Geneva in October 1842. Lovelace's translations and notes, the notes being approximately three times the length of the original text, which she worked on for nine months between 1842 and 1843, and regularly discussed with Babbage, were published in 1843 in Taylor's scientific memoirs credited as notes by AAL, that is um, Augusta Ada Lovelace. Um, Lovelace's piece added far more detail, giving the um, reading public a clear description of what we would now call computer programming, as well as an elegant account of the new fields of inquiry which the, the machine would open up. In his 1864 biography, Passages from the Life of a Philosopher, published over a decade after Lovelace's early death in 1852, Babbage described Lovelace's contribution to and authorship of the translations and notes thus. And we've got the, the full description here, but the key would be the notes of Countess of Lovelace extended to about three times the length of the original memoir. Their author has entered fully into almost the very difficult and abstract questions connected with the subject. The two memoirs, that is Menebrea and Lovelace's, taken together, furnish to those who are capable of understanding the reasoning a complete demonstration that the whole of the developments and operations of analysis are now capable of being executed by machinery. Um, and it also, he also describes how she essentially, to use modern terminology, debugged what might be considered the first computer bug. So this important distinction um, in, in her work between the calculation operation of Babbage's difference, in, difference engine and the wider programmable application of his analytical engine was perhaps the most important aspect of Lovelace's notes, but one that went largely unnoticed and ignored by the British scientific elite of the mid-19th mid century and was not fully appreciated until the advent of electronic programmable computer over 100 years later in the mid-20th century. 
So in the 1940s, the development of electronic programmable computers on both sides of the Atlantic led to early pioneers writing a history of this embryonic field of computer science and a revived interest in the works of Babbage, Lovelace, and others whose work in calculation and mathematics had applicability in terms of the new field of computer science over 100 years later. Early computing pioneers shown here, such as Alan Turing in the UK and Howard Aiken in the US, would claim inspiration and to a certain degree inheritance from the work of Babbage and Lovelace. And while Babbage's difference engine project, as well as Lovelace's translation notes on the same, had never been entirely forgotten, there is little or no evidence of the direct influence of their work on the design of early computers until afterwards when these early pioneers wrote their own histories of computer science. These somewhat Whiggish histories claimed Babbage's difference engine and analytical engine as their intellectual precursors, creating a narrative of computer science founded by Babbage and to a much lesser degree Lovelace and continued through to electronic computing in the mid 20th century. Nonetheless, as smaller, faster and cheaper machines reached into every area of 20th century life, first Babbage and then Lovelace gained new prominence as early visionaries of the computer revolution. So first to the developments on, uh, in the US. Howard Aiken, um, the original conceptual designer behind IBM's automatic sequence controller calculator, later known as the Harvard Mark I computer, built between 1940 and 1943, claimed inspiration from Charles Babbage and his difference engine. He cited Babbage's work in his proposal for the computer written for IBM in 1937 and continually expressed his admiration for Babbage's work. Further to this, an early article on the Harvard Mark I computer written for Nature in 1946 was entitled Babbage's Dream Come True. However, the 1937 proposal contained a misunderstanding of Babbage's and his work and little influence of Babbage's work can be found in the architecture and design of the Mark I, as well uh, as many other publications and presentations by Aiken. Further to this, Aiken arranged for a set of original computing wheels that had once been intended to form part of Babbage's difference engine um, and originally presented to Harvard by Babbage's son, Major General Henry Prevost Babbage in 1886, were put on display um, at the Harvard Computer Laboratory where Aiken worked. So he's making very explicit his inheritance from Babbage in a sort of a visual presentation as well as part of the content that he develops despite the fact that the actual design of the computer does not seem to have any direct inheritance. Um, so sort of to summarize, Babbage's influence on Aiken seems to have been perhaps more spiritual than practical. And it would seem that by connecting his work with that of Babbage, Aiken was promoting his own work and reputation rather than declaring a concrete inheritance from Babbage. Despite interesting parallels between Babbage and Lovelace and Aiken and Grace Hopper, one of his early programmers, including that of the sort of hardware-software delineations, Lovelace was notably absent from Aiken's ruminations on the origins of computing. Um, across the pond, um, Alan Turing and his work on machine learning and artificial intelligence has perhaps a little bit more applicability. So Lovelace was not, however, absent from the work of British computing pioneer Alan Turing, who in a seminal paper on artificial intelligence and machine learning, computer machinery and intelligence published in Mind in 1950, referenced Lovelace's work in his section on Lady Lovelace's objection, which quotes Lovelace's 1843 notes, specifically her statement, the analytical engine has no pretensions to originate anything. It can do whatever we know how to order it to perform. 
a strong argument indeed against machine learning, but one which Turing acknowledged was the principle of the equipment Lovelace was working with, or rather the design of the equipment she could have been working with in the mid-19th century and not a general principle, and one, um, unsurprisingly, he argued quite strongly against. So by the early 1950s, Babbage and to a lesser degree Lovelace were starting to become an accepted part of the canon of early computing history, with notable examples including um, B.V. Bowden's classic Faster Than Thought, a symposium on digital computing history, first published in 1953, and Morrison and Morrison's Charles Babbage and his Calculating Engines, Selected Writings by Charles Babbage and Others, published in 1961. Both included Lovelace's translations and notes on the Menebrea paper in their appendices, probably the first time that these had been published in the 20th century and quite so prominently. However, both publications very much put Babbage front and centre, acknowledging his perceived importance in early programmable electronic computing. In particular, Bowden remarked that, quote, Babbage's ideas have only been properly appreciated in the last 10 years, but we now realise that he understood clearly all the fundamental principles which are embodied in modern digital computer, computers. More generally, Bowden noted that the whole book which is a symposium on digital computing machines, was in fact devoted to an account of the construction and use of the machine which Babbage's vision inspired. So like Aiken, he's very much in claiming an inheritance um, as much to promote his own work and the work of other computer programming pioneers as it is to sort of uh, inflate the importance of Babbage's work. Um, these publications are representative of other publications in computing around this time, which situate Lovelace as but a minor footnote in the overall narrative of Babbage's development of calculating and computing, but accepted unquestioningly her authorship of translation and notes. So with these publications, the work of Babbage and Lovelace attracted the attention of academic historians in the 1960s and beyond, who began to examine their work in more detail, and in some to some degree, question and debate Lovelace's role in the production and authorship of translations and notes, as well as the development, um, potential development at least, of the analytical engine. So the early to mid-1970s saw renewed and popular academic interest in Lord Byron and his family, both legitimate, illegitimate and apparently also incestuous. Um, and so we've got a number here of publications published in the early to mid-1970s. But it was not until 1976 when Lovelace was the subject of individual attention with the publication of a short article in the Association for Women in Mathematics letter um, by D. Anglin, I think is how you pronounce her surname. Um, this was followed shortly the year after by Doris Moore's biography and the first monograph on Lovelace, that is Ada Countess of Lovelace, Byron's legitimate daughter, published in 1977. Now Moore, as I'm sure all of you, well most of you know, was the first person to have full access to and indeed to make a full study of the Lovelace papers, which are now held here in Oxford. Um, so from the 1980s through to the present day, Lovelace became the subject of scholarly attention with a number of key publications, including those published and reissued over the past few years in the lead up to the bicentenary of her birth that we are celebrating here today. And these include a number of publications. We've got a rather long list of what I consider to be the key publications in the field. <clears throat> Academic interest also led to a more critical approach to Lovelace's contributions, with some debate centred upon her authorship of translations and notes, in particular her contribution to the sections now considered to be part of the canon in relation to computer programming. 
criticism centred upon how much work Babbage had put into the programmes cited prior to Lovelace's involvement and whether she was indeed capable of authoring the notes. In particular, two publications which came out around 1990 included strong critiques of Lovelace's contribution. Um, and I sort of, I'm sure there are others. Um, Collier's 1990 publication, which is a significantly revised and updated version of his 1970 Harvard PhD thesis, argued strongly against Lovelace's claims to be the world's first programmer thus. It would be only a slight exaggeration to say that Babbage wrote the notes to Menebrea's paper, but for reasons of his own, encouraged the illusion in the mind of Ada and the public that they were authored by her. It is no exaggeration to say that she was a manic depressive with the most amazing delusions about her own talents and a rather shallow understanding of both Charles Babbage and the analytical engine. So quite a strong critique there. Um, he, he did follow this up um, about 10 years later with a similarly expressed strong critique of Ada Lovelace Day published in The Economist. So he clearly hasn't moved on from that position. Um, Many other scholars, however, noted that Lovelace had a broad and natural interest in an aptitude for mathematics and science, as we heard this morning, indeed yesterday, and had been educated and tutored by some of the finest mathematicians in England. In this regard, she was no ordinary aristocratic woman, as Collier claims, and did indeed spend nine months working on the article in consultation with Babbage. Further to this, her contribution is acknowledged in Babbage's biography, Passages from the Life of a Philosopher, which I quoted earlier, um, and this was published in 1864, so over a decade after Lovelace's death, when her patronage was clearly no longer available. So it, it might have been the case that, you know, he might have, if he was going to tell that story in order to sort of uh, improve his reputation and standing and to uh, gain patronage, well, you know, she's dead now, so there's not really much she can do to help him in that regard. Um, her correction of the bug in his equations um, relating to the calculation of the Bernoulli numbers does quite probably make her the first debugger. Um, and I believe that her status as the first computer programmer rests more on whether the material contained in the notes constitutes a computer program or not. Um, and this obviously with the usual caveats about using the term computer program to something that is not what we necessarily think of as a computer program today, or indeed in the 1950s, rather than Lovelace's authorship. Perhaps it was computer expert uh, Henry Ledgard, an author of the 1980 Manual for Ada, a high-level computing language developed by the US Department of Defense and renamed Ada in Lovelace's honor, who presents a more neutral view in his introduction thus, to this is introduction to the manual. If Charles Babbage is to be regarded as the father of modern day computer technology, then surely the Countess Augusta Ada Lovelace, um, Ada Lovelace, after whom his new language is named, must be remembered as its midwife. So as, as Christopher Hollings said sort of before, um, you know, this is not arguing that sort of um, she's a computer programmer per se, or indeed a mathematical genius, or indeed an idiot, um, but somewhere in between, but showing that she had a clear sense of vision and something that maps quite interestingly, on to modern computing programming. So increased academic interest and popular interest led to Lovelace becoming a figure in popular culture as well as an icon for increased involvement for the women in STEM. Um, so we've got some examples here. Um, so Ada Lovelace has been the subject of much attention in popular culture from the 1970s through to the modern day. She has appeared on stage and on screen, but is her appearance in the genre of steampunk which is perhaps of most interest. 
Lovelace was featured in William Gibson and Bruce Sterling's 1990 steampunk novel, The Difference Engine, which is widely acknowledged as a science fiction classic, as well as one of the first popularizers of the science fiction subgenre of steampunk. The authors imagine an alternative and counterfactual history where Charles Babbage and Ada Lovelace succeeded in making Babbage's Difference Engine a practical reality, thereby dramatically changing the course of history, in particular the history of technology. In this alternative history or alternative universe, to acknowledge a popular science fiction term, there are notable technological and timeline differences in comparison to the Victorian age as it was. A network of difference engines connected by the telegraph network act quite literally like a Victorian internet, operated by clackers, um, that is technologically proficient individuals who are skilled at programming the difference engines through the use of punch cards. In the novel, many individual characters are concerned that the punch cards are a gambling modus which would allow users to place consistently winning bets, a reference to Lovelace's problems with gambling, um, but one where perhaps she more successfully realised um, her sort of perfection of the gambling system. A more recent steampunk publication featuring Lovelace, um, and one I can highly recommend, is Sidney Padua's um, rather wonderful graphic novel, The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage, published earlier this year. Um, and this is based on her webcomic, which I believe was published uh, first as part of the Ada Lovelace Day and sort of became just sort of a cult favourite online um, in the sort of subsequent years and is now available in print. And it features um, Ada, uh, Lovelace and Babbage essentially uh, solving crime um, uh, and their sort of thrilling adventures and other historic characters. And it includes also extensive footnotes on the history of Lovelace. And indeed, many of the lines of dialogue are gathered from actual correspondence. Um, Lovelace has also become a role model and icon for calls for the increased involvement of women in STEM and indeed the improved study of women in the history of STEM. So from 1998, the British Computer Society has awarded the Lovelace Medal, presented to individuals who have made an outstanding contribution to the understanding or advancement of computing. Um, and in 2008, the Society also initiated an annual competition for women students of computer science. Uh, perhaps better known is Ada Lovelace Day, established by Sue Charman Anderson, who I believe is in the audience, um, um, and is also on the last panel here today. And this is an annual event uh, celebrated in mid-October with the goal of raising the profile of women in science, technology, engineering and maths, and to create new role models for girls and women in these fields. So in conclusion, I hope I have shown how academic and popular understandings and representations of Ada Lovelace have evolved over the past 200 years, beginning with contemporary understandings of her working relationship with Babbage and his difference engine in the mid-19th century, through to claims about Babbage's and Lovelace's influence on the development of electronic programmable computing in the mid-20th century, and how they became incorporated into early histories of computer programming as well as sort of associated rhetoric. Um, this perhaps being about, about promoting the achievements um, of early uh, programmers and indeed their status as it was about considering or celebrating those of Babbage and Lovelace. I've also then shown how um, there's increased popular and indeed scholarly interest in Lovelace, um, increasingly in her own right, and this has led um, to some debate about the nature of the authorship of the translations and notes, um, and hence her contribution to concepts which relate to modern computing. Uh, I've concluded my paper with a discussion of Lovelace as a figure of popular culture, most importantly her role in steampunk 
the genre of science fiction, as well as her status as an icon for increased calls for women in STEM. And so I suppose perhaps the overall arching theme is that each age has its own Ada Lovelace. Um, and so I'm interested to see where she goes from here. Thank you very much.